Hey, have you heard about Anchor? You probably haven't heard about Anchor yet, so let me tell you about it. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. You probably hear other people talk about how they make podcasts. If they say it's easy, they're crazy. All of their methods are really hard and complicated, but Anchor, super simple. First off, it's free. They have creation tools that let you make the podcast right from your phone. You don't even need a computer. This is 2019. Who uses computers anymore? Anchor distributes your podcast on all the other platforms. No need to go do all that complicated searching and hosting and posting. Hosting and posting. They do it for you. You can also make money from your podcast. Well, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now because you're listening to this ad. They've got everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. No need to search around all over the place. No need to go to 20 different sites. Just one. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Bet you thought I was going to sing right here, didn't you? Are you looking for the hottest news out of the obstacle racing scene? Want to stay up to date on the freshest info, the latest podiums, and hear interviews with the who's who in OCR? Well, you've come to the wrong place. Well, some of that you'll find here. But we're not the media. This is not ORM, OCM, OCRM, ORCM. This is OCR Talk. Hello, this is Jason Dupree. And Anna Landry. And this is episode 30... Uh, Anna, you uh, sound a little different. I got a, I got allergies, you know. <laughs> I take my Zyrtec, you know. You know how it gets. Yeah, so this is not. You're not Anna Landry, right? No, nope. no. Nope. Who are you? <laughs> I, who, that's a good question. Who, who am who I? Who is this? Yeah, who is who are any of us? You know. No, I'm uh, Michael Stefano, and I'm glad to be on your show today. Yeah, we Anna had to. She was on vacation this week, so she was okay with me having a guest co-host and. Mike, we chat enough, and I'm on your show a few times for interviews and whatnot, and figured I'd bring you on because you are just as much in this space as I am, if not more, and you guys are constantly, for those that don't know, pushing uh, you know episodes out every week at Obstacle Running Adventures, and you guys are the, uh, what, the official most consistent? I would say so. <laughs> OCR podcast? Yeah, definitely yeah. the most consistent co-hosted podcast because i know matt b davis says he's the most most consistent and uh i don't know <laughs> matt say. is not the most consistent he's got the most episodes and he's puts out a ton of content yeah but as far as like this date every day every week not yeah. so much yeah every Sunday. he does a great job but i don't think he can claim that man i think you guys got that yeah it's it's a grind and he always says that once <laughs> we have kids like that's gonna change but We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I can attest to that to, as well. That's part of the reason why when we started, we were just like, eh, if we get two episodes a month, we'll be OK with that. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and also quick, quick calling out uh, Anna Landry. How many times does she go on vacation? I feel like she was just in like a surprise trip to Colorado or something, right? Yeah. And, th and that was just a quick like ride up there and, and then flight back the next day. Yeah, this is uh, actually I think like her kind of like family vacation for the year or something nice well good for her but uh but no it's important it's important to get away and do fun stuff and uh you know 
live life absolutely for the reasons that we don't just stay at home you know same reason while we go out on on the course right yeah absolutely you guys before we jump into our stuff y'all just put out y'all's episode for y'all were covering city field right for for spartan yeah yeah we um we went down and it, it was kind of tough because the announcers are super loud in those stadium races i don't know how many y'all have down south but it gets really loud and when you're trying to interview people you can barely hear yourself think but i was able to talk to uh brock and uh, Orla Walsh, Isaiah Vidal, bunch of fun people. That's always great to see. But it's just it's just hard, like remembering what I wanted to ask them. But it went pretty well. It's officially one year that we've been going out and doing live interviews, which has been exciting and definitely pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Right on. Yeah, they they they're constantly sending out waves at those things. So, and on top of that, they're doing other announcements and stuff as well. Yeah, it's like nonstop. But the athletes were all cool when I kind of messed up, and there's just a lot of editing for that episode, but. It's worth it. Anything that stands out like a particular person that you talk to that people should definitely check it out for? Uh, I mean, sp- specifically as David all and Orla Walsh, I talked to them a little bit about the experience on the million dollar mile because I know that a lot of people wanted to hear more about that. I know that Heather Bodie over at Overcoming and Run had VJ on her show and uh, she did a great job asking a lot of questions, but I had some more follow up questions like uh, how did the whole system work where you had to be like buckled in? Like, did the runners have to stop and this and that and she couldn't give me all the information, but um, Orla got me a lot of information telling me like, well, you know what she could without spoiling anything. That's cool. Can't wait to check that out. So definitely head over to Obstacle Running Adventures and check out the, that episode and uh, all the stuff y'all do every week. You know, it really is. And y'all said it before. If you're not interested in whatever local race y'all might be talking about that weekend, you know, skip through that stuff. But the intro and outro are still worth it every week to listen to because they're always good. Yeah, another actually special guest. I know a lot of people, a lot of fans of the show love Caitlin's dog, Lambo, and he makes a bre- breathing appearance. He doesn't bark much, but uh, <laughs> got him breathing on the show for y'all. So we had the, our April Fool's episode, and this is our first episode since then. Man, that episode got so much attention for us. Oh, it deserved and, it. <laughs> well, thanks. We definitely, I, I think, you know, we were excited to do it, but the feedback on it was probably more than than I think we expected. Were you worried about any like potential backlash from any of the other podcasters? I wouldn't say worried. I, I thought that it was a possibility, but I wasn't. It didn't bother me if they did. I mean, that's kind of part of how people are. So with it being April first, it's easy to be like, "It's April Fools, Dodo." Don't get mad. Exactly. Exactly. But no, everybody was. Uh, not, I didn't hear of anybody not being pleased with our portrayal of them. Yeah, most of the people in the OCR space are pretty awesome, and I definitely enjoyed hearing uh, myself and Caitlin being mimicked. And uh, my, my favorite though was just you doing uh, Scott the Fane Knowles over at <laughs> I Am a Spartan, and uh, Anna <laughs> doing Heather. <laughs> yeah, I think Anna's impression of Heather got the most, uh, definitely the most comments for sure. It's pretty spot on. Yeah, it's funny doing something that that got that much good feedback, and it makes it like instantly be like. Let's do that again. Let's do more of that. Yeah. But I think that's part of what made it so special is that it was a rarity. While my thought is, you know, maybe we do something later in the year, but definitely not more than twice a year. Yeah. Or hopefully we'll be around, uh, you know, next April to do it again. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome. We've talked before about how at OCR Talk, one of the things that I wanted to do with this was to have more discussion in our space, in our Facebook page about the things that we talk about. And we don't really see that happen so much. And I think it's getting easier to see that Facebook just isn't a, a great place for conversations. It's a it's a good place to 
it is a place to have them, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's not necessarily the most facilitating for back and forth. We found that Discord is is way better for that because it's like you've got all of your friends on Skype and IM or whatever. And it's just it's a lot easier to find stuff and conversations. And, you know, you can get lost in the the scroll, uh, you know, the you might check in a day later and people have talked about so much stuff. But uh, I don't know. It feels like you're more up to date and more up to speed with everything than I think Facebook and all the different channels and uh, groups. and stuff. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't agree more. Another great thing that Discord has, and it kind of sounds like a cult the way that all of us podcasters are talking about it, but <laughs> it really is great because each it has a lot of different what they call channels. So there's the general chat, there's a gear chat, training chat, uh, OCR podcast feed, so you can see um, any episodes that you may have missed. Feeds for spark- different race. Yeah, yeah, for all the different races. And then, of course, there's the dumpster fire, which I know you're a fan of. <laughs> <laughs> the Hunter yeah. McIntyre and the uh, off topic, which I'm a fan of. Yeah. Speaking of which, today is the 15th, and that's when Josh said it was going to be the last day of the Hunter McIntyre channel. I would be surprised if he got rid of it because it's been such a, I don't know, it's got a lot of, a lot of talk going, I guess. Yeah, I haven't checked it in a while, and now I'm going through, and it's, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely been busy. It's cool. So you know kind of when you're going into a channel what you're what you're going to get be getting into. Yeah, and it also has capabilities for voice chat too. So it definitely really, I think, connects a lot of the OCR community. And like, yeah, you can talk to them via text in that channel, but you can also go to over to voice and have a conversation. I know that we are trying to do better in like scheduling days where we can all kind of come in and talk to each other. And there's been a few people I've been able to talk to so far, which has been pretty great. Yeah, it's really cool how it's opened up, uh, I think, some some avenues of, of conversation with people that I wouldn't have had otherwise, like talking to the Terrain Race guys or talking to Adrian B. Giannata about some ideas. And it's really neat how it's just given us a more of a contact with people that we didn't have before, I guess. Yeah, it makes the world that, that much more small, I think. Works for me. And, and who knows, maybe one day the Discord channel will have 10,000 people and it won't feel the same. But that's true. As of right now, it it is it does still feel small and pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm checking down. It looks like it's up to wow, 300 already. Dang, I figured it would have been higher. Yeah, as many times as we see people, you know, it's like every day you're seeing new people joining. Yeah, I mean, there's a good amount, and there's even a few elites like uh, Javier Escobar. Uh, I believe VJ Jones is on there. So it's, it's a good community, though. People pop in and pop out whenever they want. Our podcast, um, we've been doing these giveaways. And we've gotten good feedback about how we're our our any money that we're getting from whatever is all going to giveaways. And we've even got our first and we've had Will Hicks support us with some money before, but we've got our first uh, monthly supporter. Now, if they continue to support monthly is a, a up to up to find out. But we do have our first official, I guess, monthly supporter. And I actually reached out to him. His, his name is uh, Rich Herrera. He's in the Discord channel, and he owns a gym slash fitness group, I guess, called Anchor Fitness. And I meant to look into it more, so I apologize, Rich. But uh, I know I've seen on his Facebook page he's doing a lot of stuff like leading classes and, and just kind of trying to help people out with his training and, and whatnot. I know he's one of the guys that I was talking to um, on the voice channel, too. He seems like a cool guy. I believe he's living down in New Mexico, I think. Yeah. Yep. Maybe Albuquerque area. Yeah, so he, I reached out to him and said, you know, it's a, being the first person that's giving money to us to use for other things, with the, the money we get from ads, it's that's easy to be like, 
you know, do whatever with that. I mean, it's just ad money. Nobody's nobody's giving out of their pocket for that. But what I, what I want to make sure was if you're giving out of your pocket to us, I want you to feel like you got some say so, I guess, in, in where that goes. And while we want to keep doing the giveaways, the other option is, you know, things that do make our podcast better, like other equipment or paying for other services. But uh, I'm not going to get off of Anchor because the ad support here is good. I, I like it. And I like that it, we're not wasting that money, you know, paying for our, our hosting platform. That is that is definitely something tricky with. I know that when I started, you know, asking for people to support the podcast with money, it felt very odd taking things and trying to figure out like <laughs> how, you know, what's the best way to use this money. So we're not just taking advantage uh, of people, Although you know, people giving money do it because they love the show. It's just trying to figure out what, what mm-hmm. the hell to do with that. Yeah. So reach. Uh, like I said, I reached out to Rich and he did say, you know, use it for whatever you want. I just like the show and I want to support you guys in whatever fashion that is, which is really awesome. And he really likes the giveaways too. So I'm going to continue to put his money towards that. But uh, if somebody else does want to support us, I want to put that option out there because I do want to make sure that they feel comfortable with what they're giving us because it, it is really awesome. So I want them to have ha- have a little bit of say there, I guess. And speaking of that, I mean, you should probably plug it, but where can people go to donate to this? Because I know that a lot of people use Patreon, uh, but Anchor has their own uh, way of doing things, right? Yeah, I've thought about going with with Patreon. It's put it's uh, I haven't figured out a good way to like you guys do the videos every month. I haven't thought of something that I like for us that would be a monthly. Here's what you get for for supporting. So until I do, we're going to stick with just anchor for now but every time that we post our new episodes there's the link that takes you to the episode on the anchor platform and of course you can go listen to it wherever else you know stitcher and itunes and whatnot but that link does go there and so from straight from that page there's a support button uh, right awesome. there that you can support on i think the options are only like five dollars or ten dollars it's not like actually i found it right now there's 99 cents, 4.99 and 9.99. So I guess there is a small option too, which would be great for people. Yeah, it's less than a cup of coffee. And we'll go buy a pack of gum or something. <laughs> so yeah, the giveaways, we got out the the socks that we gave away. Mike Crimmins from the New Orleans area, he won the from the last episode and he sent a, uh, or put a picture on his Facebook story showing those socks and he said they were real comfy. I have still have yet to get them to will and we'll get into why I didn't see him at the terrain race this past weekend to give them to him. But Will, Will Raymond will get his as well. Now, the next uh, giveaway we want to do, we put the option up on Instagram story for a day. And it had the option of a mug or a tumbler. And the uh, tumbler's votes outweighed, outweighed the mug. Oh, nice. So that's what's going to be next. So I'm going to try and, try and find a good one. Something to keep your stuff cold. <laughs> or, or hot. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, and if, and if enough money comes through from right now, I've probably got enough to get one. But if enough money comes through in, in time, then we'll do more than one Tumblr. But. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. And I like that you did put a poll out asking people what they want, you know, so they have more of a say in that. Yeah, just give an option. So speaking of money, you, you had some news about uh, Tough Mudder donating some money. Yeah, Tough Mudder, they it, it's the whole thing that's happened with them and not giving, not having prize money. You know, they, they've seems like from what we've heard from Matt's experience going out to the first event of the year, they've done a good job taking that uh, money and reinvesting it into their events, 
one of the other ways that they've done such. So instead of just straight out giving money, they are still doing things that are supporting the community and the people that are really pouring their heart into it. So one of the things that got (laughs) cut out last, was it last year, I think, was they announced that they were going to have money to or a prize to the person that had the most Holy Grail total mileage for the year. So across all Holy Grail events, which is tougher, toughest, and world's toughest, who had the most miles across the entire year? Yep. And that ended up being a guy named Charlie Bower who decided, I'm going to go for this and I'm going to sign up for everything possible that I can. And he did. But he actually made his plans before they announced that they were going to take that prize away. So yep. he went through and, and did it. And, uh, you know, awesome to him. Tough Mudder wanting to, you know, not not pull a fast one. Yeah, not pull a fast one on this guy. <laughs> they they have made up for this and said that they're going to donate to the charity of his choice. This money that would have been earned by him. And that's what you know, I think that's what he wanted out of it in the first place, that he was going to give that money away to charity. Oh, that's good. So so not only are they, have they given you know, they're going to give that money to the charity that he chooses. But then they also have given him more prizes than just the money. They've got an all events season pass, not just a Tough Mudder season pass. Oh, like wow. Season. Yeah. For So and they're saying from here on out, the mileage champion for the year is going to have that. So a all events season pass. So you're getting a season pass to everything. I take it even worlds. I mean, that's pretty awesome. I, I know that there have been a, a fair amount of cynics with, you know, say he's spending <laughs> Uh, let's throw random numbers out there. He's spending $20,000 to travel and all this stuff to do all the events only to win $10,000. It does seem kind of backwards, but I think <laughs> the notoriety of it seems pretty interesting, though. If you have that money to spend for all the events, I think that'd be pretty cool. Right. And that and the fact that he was wanting to do it for charity in the first place is pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. So on top of that, they have, you know, like a bib for the, you know, the champion and maybe a couple of other things. But I, I feel like I've heard that from the new president as well in that they're not, they're, they do want to keep giving things to uh, show the accolades of these people that earn them, but not in a way of just straight up checks. They want to do things that make it even more interesting than, you know, you, you having a, a, a gold a orange jacket means a lot more than that $10, $10,000 check to a lot Definitely. of people, you know, that, that thing will last for, you know, however long it lasts, not uh, the money that you spend to pay your yep. bills. So so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's a good direction for them because they're definitely packing away pretty quickly from the whole money idea. So <laughs> pri- prizes should be better yeah. than if it's if it's something. Yeah. And if we really see the community come together like they've said they're going to and have all these wacko prizes for the winners of Worlds this year, it's going to be yeah, pretty and awesome. I think I'm pretty sure it was like Kara Pizzuti or someone was like $2,000 for each woman that gets over 100 miles because she really doesn't think that anyone's going to hit yeah. it. but. <laughs> gonna be awkward if someone hits that <laughs> but they've got that and people's like i'll i'll get donate a, jar, a giant jar of pickles to the winner and just a whole bunch yeah, of random stuff funny. so that's gonna be fun I, I actually i feel like did you guys say that y'all were gonna yeah do something I, for that too? i don't have a lot of money i think i said like 50 dollars for each person to hit like 100 miles i forget i'll have to check that file again but we did say we'd give money for i think the 100 miler people I do want to give something as well. It, it probably won't be money. It'll probably just be like a maybe a OCR talk merch or something. But yeah, that's a good idea. I want to be part of that as well. Yeah. I mean, leave it to the the uh, Tough Mudder community to come up with something as crazy as that. You know, 
speaking of Tough Mudder readjusting their their whole situation this year, I did hear that the festival experience at uh, their first event was much, much better. And it seems that all of the staff seem a little bit more upbeat. And you know, just the general vibe of Tough Mudder was a lot more beneficial, I think, this year from what I've heard from Heather, Mappy Davis, and even some people that have never done like a Tough Mudder before. They had a fantastic experience. So I think they're starting the year off right, but the year's not over yet. They got to do well every single time. Yeah, and, and it is a, a huge difference from what we saw last year after the first event, which was in New Orleans. But there was a lot of lashback after that yeah. one. So, yeah, it's uh, it's good to see the year starting off right. Yeah, I even had a friend do his first, well, first Tough Mudder of the year down in New Orleans. And he was like, Mike, I don't even know if I want to do a call and talk about it. He's like, it was not it was not good. <laughs> He's like, it was just like the old, old, old funky monkey and this and that. He's like, this was not this isn't Tough Mudder to me. Tough Mudder is all about innovation. And you know, last year just did not go well. Yeah. And I even tried to do my best to be to be positive, you know, find the positives. Yep. And I definitely recognize the the lack of it as well. But they, they definitely seem to have changed things and turned it around. Yeah. I mean, Worlds, you know, when it came to Worlds, Worlds did not disappoint. Like the the year with the double loops and all that, that was weird and, and odd and a lot of unhappy people. But as far as Worlds went, it was, I mean, a spot on event. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that it's going to be the same this year. The same but with fire pits. Yes. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> Speaking of which, how are you feeling about it so far? Not really sure. In about three <laughs> weeks, I have my first really big race back. I plan to do four laps of a 10K course. It's an OCR in upstate New York. Um, it's going to beat the crap out of me, but I hope I'll be able to outlast. Uh, training is just really starting to get better. I don't know. I just I hope I don't get hurt again, and I hope... yeah. I'm able to get uh, three or four laps. I'll be happy with that. But if my training continues continues to do well, then I'll be running toughest East, and then I'll definitely be at world's toughest. But worst case scenario, I'll still be at world's toughest. I'll just be pitting, and some other unfortunate soul will be running it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what event is that that you're talking about that you're going to be doing? It's called Viking Viking Obstacle Race. This actual okay. This one is called Cinco de Mjolnir. So it's like Cinco de Mayo, nice. only it's Mjolnir, which is Thor's hammer. Yeah. So they got some pretty awesome awards for the people that can get five laps, but I don't. Th- I don't think that's going to be me. If if I didn't get hurt and had been able to maintain my fitness from World's Toughest Motor, five laps definitely would have been an option there. But we'll see. What's the What's the time limit? Eight hours. Or? Yeah. So it's eight hour event, and I hear the obstacles are pretty difficult. But I am happy to hear that the terrain seems pretty flat. Because the last mm. uh, big eight-hour event I did um, was like, for, for Fit Challenge had a thousand feet of elevation gain per lap, and I got actually those twelve hours. I got eight laps of that, and that beat the crap out of me. And my knees never been the same. So <laughs> glad to hear that this is nice and flat, yeah. uh, similar to Georgia. Yeah, and you're saying it's a so it's a six-mile yep. loop or yep. lap. It's funny because I had originally said like, oh, my goals, you know, eight loops. And then I had a per- person that listened to the show be like, ah, you know, it's a 10K course, not a 5K. I'm like, all right, four laps. That's what I meant. <laughs> so looking forward to that. 30 miles in eight hours is no joke. Yeah, especially with, with the obstacles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm not entirely sure what I'm getting myself into, but if I'm going to make the drive to upstate New York, I'm going to, you know, do the eight hours and not just one lap. That really changes it for me this year with Worlds because the contender status is dependent on 40 miles in 12 hours, yep. which doesn't sound that bad 
uh, in comparison to 30 miles in eight hours. But this year, Toughest South is at the motocross park that they had Tough Motor Dallas this past year. And it rained uh, unbelievably. And it was the muddiest race I've ever been in. So hopefully, hopefully we'll be dry because that place, it, it just, the entire place turns to slop. There's no inch of it that would be a dry, runnable, easily runnable spot, uh, even uh, with any kind of rain. Yeah, that certainly complicates things on the race course. You know, one, so one thing I, I try to keep in mind when I, when I think about Worlds is if my training's not looking perfect, especially in the beginning half of the year, my first year that I did 50, I, I didn't start training really hard until uh, after my son was born in July. So like August is when I really started to hit it. And and so it really only gave me, was that four months okay. or so? And, and that was enough to get me 50 miles. Awesome. So uh, don't, uh, don't let the beginning of the year... I guess, uh, get you down too much. Yeah. It's, all, it's also extra intimidating too, because everyone's saying, you know, that course was so hard cause it was cold and this and that, they're like, you know, if you got 50 that year, you should be able to get like 65. And I'm like, all right, no pressure. And they're like, no, no 65. And I'm like, all right, but a little, a little bit of pressure. I see how it is. But yeah, if we happen to have decent temperatures, that'll be, Oh man, that'll be so good. Yeah. I just hope so we'll that see. goddamn log thing isn't there anymore. What the hell is that called? The, uh, <laughs> lumberjack yeah i think that was terrible no, was it? i think so i always get confused between that and oh hold your wood so yeah that one was lumberjacked that was uh yeah no man it, it actually wasn't that bad once you got the right technique so i'll just have to make sure i get to that with you at some point and show yeah, you. yeah no i remember we did the last lap and you had that like where one person's over yeah, and then you use yep. them and that you step on their knee that that was helpful that was a huge yeah. difference just tough because there wasn't many people out in the course in the middle of the night. So like no one was there to help you because they're right. all freezing in their tents. <laughs> I, I've I've done decided and I know my mind will change in the middle of the night, but I've done decided and, you know, told people so that they can hold me accountable that this year when if I happen to get nauseous again or something happens that it's not like, you know, something that's not debilitating to keep moving, like, you know, yeah. messed up ankle or something. If it's just I don't feel great, then I just got I got to keep going and just pushing through it because that's what stopped me this last year is feeling nauseous and like I couldn't get rid of it. You know, I know Mark will hold help hold me to it that if I do try to stop because of something like that, then I just got to keep going until I throw up and get it out of my system, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, we did have excellent pit crew. <laughs> and I think one thing that can only be better this upcoming year is that I failed just about every single failable obstacle I could the entire 24 hours, you know, not on purpose, <laughs> um, but I just didn't really have that upper body and with the cold and everything. And, and also I, I didn't jump off the cliff at all. So that was an extra mile and a half of penalties. So I think if I can get my grip better, that will help me a, a lot, a lot more. Have, have you been working on that since you haven't been running as much? Uh, I've been trying to, I've been doing just, just toughening up my hands. So I'm able to do more pull-ups and all that stuff. But, uh, Slow progress. I've, I've never been very strong. Like if you are fresh, how many pull-ups can you do at one time? <laughs> like five. <laughs> do you do dead hangs too or? Yep, dead hangs. And um, at my peak, I would try to use like towels draped over to really help my grip. Uh, I don't think mm. I'll be able to do that in, in a while, but still training that back up. Nice, man. Yeah, just every every time you're doing a upper body workout, just make sure you're getting those pull-ups in. 
Yeah, definitely need to. You could even, uh, I used to have a, a bar in my house and I would, I've heard people do different things. Like anytime I walk through the room, I've got to do X amount of pull-ups or something, you know? So every time you walk through the doorway, you got to do some. Yeah, I, I used <laughs> to do that and I had the perfect place for it. But now, unfortunately, like it, like the house got repainted and I'm afraid to mess up the paint, even though like, <laughs> it, of, yeah. yeah, so kind of at the mercy of that. So I haven't been doing it as much. And I have to go to like Caitlin's apartment gym once in a while to, to work out there. So speaking of events that aren't really turning it around, uh, I heard you had a decent time at Terrain Race. <laughs> How did that go? That's what I really want to hear about. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well done. I like that. Um, <laughs> okay, so Terrain, <laughs> terrain Race, they have you know been talking up how they're turning things around and everybody's been super skeptical. And unfortunately, this past weekend had its own issues that uh, did not help them. That's for sure. Yep. I'm trying my best not to hold that against them, but there are parts to it that, uh, you know, got my criticisms, obviously. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, I, I run into this problem a lot when people get people get mad when you critique things. But if you don't critique things, you don't care and then they will fail. So just keep in mind, people yeah. like this is because we want them to do better. For the most part. Yes. And when I stop critiquing terrain race, then you know that I've stopped caring about it because I don't critique Warrior Dash anymore because I don't go. Yep. Not saying I don't think Warrior Dash is a good race for uh, people to go to, but it's one that I don't go to anymore. Yeah. So you vote with your wallet. OK, so let, I'll try to preface the the situation and what happened. They had a, a big storm coming through and they they knew, you know, everybody knew this uh, going into it. Days before, people were asking, you know, is this still going to be on? Day before, people are saying, is this going to get canceled? And then, of course, they came down to it, and they were not saying it was going to be canceled. And then that morning, the the rain had already started. It, it rained uh, the night before. The storm was going to be passing through at a certain time. So they, they knew this was coming. Everybody knew this was coming. But, like I said, they didn't announce it being canceled. So, you know, still heading out there. Uh, everybody's going out to, to, to go run it. When I get there, the waves were supposed to be starting at 7.30. I got there close to 8, maybe just before, and the waves hadn't started going yet. They were, I think, waiting to hear if they could let people run. By the time I, when I got there, nobody was taking money for parking, even though it was supposed to be $20. The race was at Texas Motor Speedway, which is a pretty big, like, NASCAR place, so you you. I would think, you know, maybe they would use part of that as like that's kind of part of the draw of having a race at a big venue like that yeah. is you're you're utilizing it. Yep. Unfortunately, they didn't. And I'll talk about that. But getting there, when you get to the, the motor speedway, there were no signs saying where to go. So I literally drove into the the venue and just kind of went. I don't you know, just following other cars and didn't really know for sure if we were going in the right direction. And then eventually you see the actual race. And that's why you're like, oh, I know I'm in the right spot now. But until then, there was no sign on the street entrance saying this is where you go. And maybe there was another one that I missed or something. But I know that's one thing that Spartan does really well. They always have those big flashing signs. They have or other races will have a little sign on the side of the side of the street. And they didn't have anything to not is an absolute amateur mistake. It's not like terrain's new. Yeah, you know, I can understand a, a local a local event kind of overlooking that, but that's absolutely inexcusable. I think. Real quick on the storm too, was it just 
it wasn't like thunder or lightning or anything. It was just rain, right? No, it was a pretty big storm. Now it was very fast moving storm, so it didn't last okay. pretty long. The, although it lingered throughout the day, but the big main part of it that caused the the race to actually get canceled, it was big enough that the city apparently told them to that they had to shut it down. So I'll speak on more of that in a moment. Okay. But I, I was surprised at that lack of sign when I first got to the venue. That like right away it was just like, well, this isn't going going well. Yep. <laughs> so I get there. Like I said, nobody took money for parking. There was nobody directing where to park. You just went and parked wherever. So I parked, got out, went to registration, which registration was not even open yet. Like they weren't I, I guess they weren't sure if they were going to let people through. So they weren't even bothering to uh, allow people to pick up their bibs yet. Yep. Another thing that didn't necessarily go in their favor. Yep. So when they finally did open up registration, uh, I went and did my thing where I told them when I signed up, it did not have the $5 bib pickup fee. And <laughs> they had to get a, they were like, well, I'm sorry. It's, it's, uh, you know, everybody has to, to pay it. And I said, well, please talk to one of your managers or let me talk to your manager. So they got somebody and the manager very quickly said, no, go ahead and let them, let them have it. So I didn't, they didn't speak to me in person, but I'm sure they were expecting such. Yeah. And that, that's that in itself. While it, I'm, I'm thankful that they did that, but you, it's just another process that they have that is kind of just up in the air. Yeah. It seems very underhanded. Like, Oh, it's like a free event. And then they try to nickel and dime everything, which is fine. If it says so, on the website, on, you know, when you go to register. Um, in Which it did eventually, but not when we first, not when I signed up back in, you know, when they first announced the race. Yeah, that's something not they game. added later on. And to them to just like, I know that they don't want to like cause a big issue, but to them to just fold and be like, oh, yeah, no, it's fine. Like, so right. You're so kind of screwing over all the people that don't speak up for themselves. So it's like a tax exactly. for, I don't know. Yeah. For being, being oh, uh, quiet. <laughs> Yeah. So we'll talk more about that in a, in a moment. But so I got got my bib, got ready to to go. It was it was actually pretty cold with the rain and the wind. So I actually ran in my rain jacket, actually. And so I felt decently comfortable with that on the race itself. When, <laughs> when they did allow people to go, there was no start wave. They just we've only got so much time to get everybody through. So if you want to go, <laughs> you know, you go now. And people were just running through the start line. It's chaos. Just, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, just kind of chaos. Oh, boy. The course itself was, like I said, they didn't utilize the venue. The course was in the overflow parking lot. So if you look at the race map, you know, on Google, you know, wherever you can see a terrain map, an actual satellite map, you can see it's just rows of uh, gravel for cars to drive up and down and then just grass for them to to park in. So it literally was in their overflow parking lot and that was it. So it's just kind of back and forth through, through there. They had tape marking the entire way. Uh, there were a couple of spots that were kind of like, uh, I'm not sure there's a sign right there. So it wasn't terrible, but, uh, it was all on the ground. So it was kind of, I, I could see how people kind of get lost because again, it's just a flat open space. You can see from one side of the course to the other. So there was nothing to really like make sure I don't know. You could see the entire course. So how I know somebody mentioned to me that they uh, did get lost for a moment or at least saw people that did and they had to backtrack. Yeah. I still can't get over like the whole race being in a parking lot. It sounds very reminiscent of another cool events race that I ran back in like 2013, like <laughs> Blacklight Run. It was all in a parking lot. And every time you t- turned, you had to like 
know, it felt like you're gonna get hit by a car. It was very like I'm sure it wasn't like this bad, but like <laughs> uh, racing at a parking lot is not. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. It's it's not what you wanna go to do. <laughs> well, it's like maybe they get a super cheap price to be able to do it in the parking lot rather than in the stadium, but it it seems like you're bound to be able to find a better venue that's gonna be cheaper. If it's going to be that simple yeah. of terrain, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they got a super good deal. <laughs> Who knows? Bill Spada knows. Um, but anyway, so the course itself, the obstacles were, uh, the course did go through, like there were ditches in this. So you were crossing these ditches multiple times and running through them. So they, they did get you muddy. And uh, so that was good. The obstacles themselves were pretty typical, I, I think, of what we've experienced from them. You know, you've got mostly easy obstacles, and then there's the monkey bars, the rig, and the Tarzan swing that really are the three standout hard ones. Did they feel well-built in comparison to previous years? They did. You know, they had the, the, the new trusses, uh, metal trusses that they have, so nothing felt Good. nothing felt janky. The multi-rig was was a definitely a tough rig, especially in the rain. It started out with a incline hanging pipe traverse. So I think that one, you know, there weren't many people that were able to do that one. And, and even with them, it's kind of like where I don't understand what they I know they've got the Skull Valley. Yep. But they didn't have it at this one. They've had it at previous ones in Dallas. So I don't know where that fits in with them like. Seems like if you got that iconic of an obstacle, you'd want to do it every every time. Yeah, you would think so. How many uh, build crews do you think they have? Like with all the equipment, do you think they have two traveling in the country? Or I'm not sure if I know that. I don't know. Yeah, I'd wonder but that. But I do. I do plan on. I'll speak more on this, but I do plan on talking with some more of their people when they come back next yep. time. And, and and build is one of the things I want to ask them about because I, I work for a, a a CAD reseller, so I actually work with you know, drawings and uh, modeling stuff. So I, I want to chat with them about that, kind of like see what they use and hopefully get a better sense of, of that back end. So yeah, of it. that'd be important. So we'll see. So anyway, got through with the race. By the time I got finished, the start line was closed and like taken down. So they didn't stop. They didn't let people through past like nine o'clock because of this, from what I was told, the city told them that they couldn't let anybody else because they only had a big certain window of people to get through before that big giant storm came came in. So they were shut down by the city. So they literally got an hour's worth of people pushed through the start line. And then that was wow. it. So that in itself was like, man, I it, it's a shame that, you know, I know <laughs> they, they've got bad press already. And then all this. happened. Yeah, I, I, I almost feel bad for them. Um, I, I don't wish ill on any race series because i think hoping that a race goes under is only shooting ourselves in the foot as the ocr community but how many how many like whoops moments can we forgive i mean even even before that they had issues with photographers i'm sure there probably weren't even photographers out there this time which is somewhat understandable there was maybe i think two i think one at the start one at the end an event before that no three there was a one okay. at tarzan swing but the event before that they're like oh something happened to like all of our sd cards they all got corrupted you, yeah. you lost all your pictures like <laughs> yeah. wow i've gone to like local 5ks where they do a great job with pictures and i know it's not the same but get it together but but i mean this is something that's <laughs> a little bit more out of their control with the weather but i don't remember if you touched on this but did they have a way to alert you and and let you know eventually like hey like all, I don't know. I don't know how they'd go about that. From what I saw and heard, 
once they knew that that was going to happen, they they made a post on Twitter, and then eventually they got an email out. But it was like it was definitely after the fact, like after they closed the start line, um, maybe an hour later. I think that was something that that Bill was working on whenever I in, in introduced m- myself to him. My my wife April she works for marketing and, and does like event scheduling and stuff. And she pointed out that with this craziness going on, that email would have been in a normal situation would have been ready to go. I was actually just about to say that too. Like <laughs> you can't prepare to be shut down by the, the town or the city, but you can't be prepared to like get an email out warning people to save face in this situation. So in, instead people were still on the way there and, you know, finally finding out this news through other people. And once they stopped letting people in at nine, they were turning cars away, basically saying, we're shut down. Sorry, turn around, go back where you came from, which I know was very frustrating for a lot of people. Now, the, I guess, positive here, since they did have a double weekend, they were allowing people to transfer to the next day, which I think turned out to be a a pretty nice day. Good. And... In May, on May 11th, they already had a blacklight run scheduled, from what I heard. So they are able to use that day as well. And everybody that was registered for this Saturday got automatically transferred. Even myself, who got to run, got automatically transferred their uh, race registration to that May 11th date. And you could still transfer it to something else too, but they automatically, like I already got the email about it myself to that May 11th date. Right. That, that is a decent positive, I think. Lucky for them that they had that date there and available already, I guess. Yeah, it's messy. But I did get to, I saw that you talked to a couple other people that I recognized, uh, Mr. Snake, Snakebite too. <laughs> <laughs> so my first, like I got done with the race and it's like, all right, I, I, I'm not, I, my, my family is not here to run that extra lap that I was going to do with them. So let's get down to oh, business. Yeah, talk, talk about that too. So I feel bummed out. Cause like this was supposed to be April's like second or third, you know, OCR. I'm sure she, that was a letdown with the weather, the way it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge letdown because she didn't want to be out in that mess anyway. Like <laughs> for us who are like, race or bust, you know, it's bad weather is not that big a deal. It, it's not as fun when it's cold and, and messy, but, uh, you know, we, we deal with it. But for somebody who is like their first or second race, you know, they don't do it often. I, I can very much understand if somebody doesn't want to uh, get out in, in that nastiness. That's a good point, too. And I feel like since terrain is a, a lot of people's first event, I feel like this may not blow up in their face as much as people like us think that it would. If that makes sense. Right. So she uh, was asking me, you know, should I try to make it out there? And I was like, I completely understand if you don't want to, it's probably going to get canceled anyway. And that's exactly what happened. So yeah, no, no harm there. Yeah. So since I didn't have that extra lap to do, I was like, all right, time to time to make this happen. Let me go look for for Bill, get my uh, my mic and go chat with this guy. So I, I found him in uh, he was in his vehicle writing up that email and I knocked on his window and said, Hey, I'm Jason and shook his hand. And I was like, you got time to talk? Probably not. Cause you're obviously got a lot going on. Put out a fire. Yeah. So he said that he, uh, he was, you know, working on an email and deal with some stuff. And he said it'd be like an hour or two before I could talk to him. So I was like, no worries. Uh, maybe we'll just set up a call sometime or something. so. Good. I chatted with some friends at the finish line and then started to head out. And as I was walking away, 
I noticed Dustin Durow and another guy, JP, chatting with Bill at his car. And I didn't really think much of it, but I was walking off and they started heading my way and didn't really hit me until they started talking to me. But sure enough, I'm pretty sure he was like, hey, go chat with this guy so that he doesn't go completely bad mouth our entire event. Yeah. And, and and I I do applaud him for that because before I... When I was getting ready to leave, I was like thinking to myself, man, that's, I, if I was him, I would have said, hey, let's talk at least for a couple of minutes because me not having anything to say is, is going to be worse than worse than me having talked to him for five minutes and him get to explain himself. You yes, know? Sure. Because there was nothing <laughs> there was nothing positive to really pull out of it uh, without chatting with them and just everything just got worse. Yeah. So, yeah, JP and, and Dustin. Dustin, who we've all seen as being like, yeah, this is the this guy knows OCR. He's going to be the champion for terrain race and really help turn. Just, him just to clarify, he he is the guy that uh, so at, at a lot of Spartan races, he always wears those short shorts, uh, like the American flag underwear, stuff like that. He talks really fast. Yeah, one of the best OCR start line announcers that I've, we've seen uh, throughout the years for sure. Yeah, and all around like really great guy. I just feel bad that he's in the situ- situation that he's in, but continue. <laughs> Yep. So they came up, talked to me. Now he's been out of it for a, a few months because of the whole he got bit by a snake. Yep. Chatting with him, I had to ask him because his hand where he got bit was all messed up and he's got scars where it got bit and then scars down the inside of his forearm. And he said that the medics, paramedics that were there when he got bit as he was passing out, put a tourniquet on his arm. And he said he's a snake handler so he knows that you don't do that because it traps the venom in that portion of your body yep. and uh, makes it worse for that, that limb. So that's why his arm is, is as messed up as it is rather than, I don't know what it normally, it's not normally like that. Is yeah. What he said. It looks pretty ugly from the pictures that I've seen on his Instagram. Yeah. Pretty rough. And he said he's got more, more surgery to get done on it apparently. Yeah. But man, he said in, in uh, when that happened, it was they saw a snake on course. He went out to go deal with it and he moved it, moved the snake to another, you know, like away from the course. But he said people kept wanting to see it and crowding around it. So he it went to go move it a, a second time. Oh. And it's very unfortunate that the, the crowds is what caused this to happen because he wouldn't have touched it if uh, people wouldn't have been, you know, ooh, look at the snake. I did not know that. That's interesting. Yeah, so in his second move, that's when he just had the bad luck of the snake flipping off of his stick. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he's had a pole for it, a proper pole for it, but flipping off of whatever utensil he was using and, and hit him on the hand. So what what event was that at, too? It was a terrain, a terrain uh, near Austin. OK, that's why South scares the hell out of me. There's all these poisonous things and sp- <laughs> big ass spiders. No, thank you. Everything's big in Texas. No, thank you. <laughs> I can tell you. I at least twice, maybe maybe three times, I've seen snakes on course at Spartans in in Texas. And sure enough, when you just walk on by them, and people you know people call it out, snake, snake on the right, and then you just go around, and nobody bothers them, and they're fine. But yeah, they're definitely out there. Man, where, where I train up near Boston, there's a place called Blue Hills, and I freak out when I hear a snake, <laughs> and I know those aren't poisonous. But I guess that there is a bit of a trade-off, though, because uh, I've had a few run-ins with bears before. Oh, um, oh man. About yeah. three or four times. Almost every time in New Jersey. Lots of nature there. 
I don't know what's wrong. At least the bears, you can see them coming. <laughs> I, I know, know, man. <laughs> Running on top of a snake. I mean, I've jumped over them before because I didn't see them until the last second. Like it's, it's not, no, that's not fun. I mean, yeah. that gets my heart going. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I wonder what would make me scream more. You know, seeing a snake that close or jumping off the stacks uh, this upcoming year <laughs> we'll find out <laughs> so jp and dustin came and talked to me and the thing my biggest takeaway from it is that both of them are really invested and really passionate about obstacle racing they've kind of been given the reins in a in a way from bill or whoever runs the thing but they've got probably more say so where they are than they have in these other other bigger races that they've been part of. Yeah. So I think for them, it kind of is like a, I'm really making a difference. And I can see that they, you know, as the rest of us, they want it to succeed. And so they're really working hard to do that. So they're seeing the feedback that they're getting from people like us, and they are happy to have it. And JP even said when he was riding around with uh, Matt B. Davis, that Matt was you know, reaming on them, but he was glad to hear it because they can take that feedback and, and do better. Yeah. Now, t- JP, I, I felt like he had all the pretty words to say. Everything that came out of his mouth sounded great. And that's awesome as like a, a PR type thing. Yeah. But I, I want to talk to him again in a more realistic sense. I, I I appreciate his enthusiasm and his positivity for what they're doing. But, uh, you know, there's real things to talk about, not just how how great they're work, how hard they're working. Yeah, as someone that's been doing more and more uh, interviews, there's, there's nothing worse than like a clearly <laughs> scripted response because it feels like they're just kind of <laughs> wasting your time a bit. Yeah, so I even told him that I was like, "What you're saying sounds great, but <laughs> you know, there's other things we got to talk about." Yeah. So it was. I, I really did appreciate them talking to me, and they want to talk more. So I'm really hoping to be able to schedule something with them for that May 11th event. And maybe even go out later in the day when they're not so busy and uh, and really talk about, you know, stuff in a, in a more serious manner and get more insight as to what they are doing to make things better. Yeah. And to impo- impress on them even more, which I, I did here to say from an obstacle racer, an avid obstacle racer perspective, we get to hear you guys through interviews and people like Matt and you, you know, talking about this stuff. But the majority of the people out here are not those people. Yeah. Their main focus is people that are new to obstacle racing. Even Dustin said it himself. It's a gateway drug. Those people, the only contact and information that they get is Facebook and emails that they get from, from terrain race. So when it comes to not knowing why these issues are happening, why am I being charged $5 to go to uh, pick up my bib? When I live two hours away and I can't make it the day before, why is parking twenty dollars? You know all that stuff. Those people don't have any idea. They won't know. They they're only going to see what's on the website and what they get from Terrain Race in emails and the Facebook yeah. page, and that's it. So I think that's where they really need to get things better to have better communication. And it doesn't seem all that that hard from my perspective, but. I think they need to focus on that more than they need to focus on talking to us, to be honest. No, I, I agree. And, and that's another tricky thing, because I think that Terrain did a good job in picking. I mean, I don't know JP that, that much. I don't really know who he is, but I know Dustin's big in the OCR community. So he was a good get, I think. But I'm sure he's been involved in the background with a lot of races in addition to being an announcer somewhat. 
but I don't really think he's yeah. the guy that can fix everything. I mean, he's, I remember when he made the transition, he's like, oh, I'm working with Terrain Race. I'm like, I just, I, I really felt like he was, you know, boarding a sinking ship and didn't really realize it. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, I, I, I'm not, I'm you know, cautiously optimistic, but I just hope you realize like what you're getting yourself into. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, things will get better. Things will get better. But there's just, there's just a lot to work on and he's awesome, but he's, you know, he's not a miracle worker. Yeah. And, and being a, an employee that's been around in a, a smaller company for a while and having, you know, getting into higher positions, I, I do recognize that the people on, on the top end have to relinquish trust and relinquish control to the people below them who are actually doing the jobs. Yeah. So hopefully that's what's happening with Terrain Race. Hopefully they really are being given the reins like they say they are. Yeah, I hope so. Because again, like if, if they go under, that's another large amount of people that won't be doing their first OCR. And there's a lot of, I feel like Terrain goes to a lot of places where there's not a lot of, you know, it, I always say like in New England, we're really spoiled. We have a lot of local events, but you know, it's full circle. We were talking about Richard Herrera earlier and he's like, there's not a lot of events in New Mexico. So, you know, them going under... Yeah, it, it, it impacts a lot of people. And Bill Spada, the the CEO or I guess owner of all this, he does have a ton going on because cool events, you know, they have a ton of different uh, properties. And it's understandable if he doesn't have all the right answers for this, because this OCR space is different than all the other bubble run. Uh, and, yeah, runs. yeah. And it just simply in the fact that he's busy running the entire thing. So, you know, for him, the more control he can give to these guys and trust he can put in these guys, the better. Now, the things he's said about having this algorithm, this model of this business model that will keep them afloat, even with these quote unquote free races. He said to Matt that it was sustainable for forever. Yeah. Now they're not, they're not sustaining with that for forever because they've already upped on the the prices on some of their upcoming races. It might be sustainable forever, but that's not what they're doing. And that's, Kind of the impression he gave when he talked to, to Matt, whether he realized it or not. That's the kind of thing that I think they, they should, um, I don't know, be more communicative about. Yeah. Like these these races, again, back to the the uh, the uh, general racer, you're saying that the prices are going to go up at a certain time, but then they don't. But then eventually they do. So it's just it's just a whole mix mash of information that doesn't line up and creates distrust within a company clear as mud i think that's that should be there <laughs> there's this slogan <laughs> for the company right now I, I remember listening to that interview with matthew davis and you know he, he asked exactly that how long can you you know sustain these free races forever and just it, it just it doesn't make sense and i <clears throat> i want to give him the benefit of the doubt and and think that he does want to do this to like change lives blah 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 he's not in it for the money but at the same time like that's so that's that's not the way the world works like you you need money you need this you need that and you need a customer base that believes in what you're doing and can rely on events being done safely and and up to par with reasonable like pictures and all these beginning because terrain race was somewhat new to me a couple years ago but they've been around much longer than that and there's really no excuse for all of these and I, and I i that's something that should be dri- driven home is that there's there's no real excuse for all these issues man my my thought is that they they're 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 relying on the new person yeah you know the majority of their business is new business yeah 
And I think that's a big part of, I mean, he even said that to Matt about the, the other, you know, the bubble runs and stuff like maybe they get 30% return, but it, it's the majority of their people are new people every yeah. year. I guess that other stuff isn't as important. I don't know. You know, I, I still want to chat with them more on May 11th, but that's kind of where my thought is going. But it, that I'm just going to say, you know, other than somebody that I know that doesn't do these races wants to go, I'll do that with them. But other than other than that, I, I think I might be done with it. Like other than them bringing back competitive ways, I probably won't bother with it. Anymore. That's fair. And, and I'm thinking about it on a personal level of I, I have. I think Warrior Dash and Terrain Racer on the same day. I'm not thrilled about either of them, but I have to, you know, go and cover at least one of them. So I'd want to run one of them. But <laughs> just trying to figure out which one I think will be a less bad experience. And as a consumer, I shouldn't <laughs> have to be, you know, thinking about things in, in that way. But that's exactly what's going through my head. Because, I mean, Warrior Dash put on right. a couple of years ago, not a very good race. I remember I getting yelled at when I did one of the obstacles because he said I was doing it wrong, but there were no signs or anything. And, <laughs> and, and terrain terrain wasn't too bad last year, but it, just hearing about the obstacle collapses. And <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to figure out as a consumer, when they come up to, to, you know, Lancaster, wherever the event is up here, you know, what's my plan for that, man, if you could have, uh, you know, one person at each, and then you just do a, a big comparison. I was thinking about that uh, episode. Let's, let's think about that. <laughs> that would be pretty Have neat. Caitlin go to one of them or something. A lot of work, yeah, but we could do it. <laughs> I mean, it. It sounds more like more work than it's worth, but uh, it would be pretty cool. All right, man. I think that's uh, basically all I wanted to get off my chest. Yeah, no, I was, <laughs> I was glad to hear it because uh, I had wanted to have you on the show. And then we said, oh, like, you know, Anna can't come on. Do you want to be on my show? Absolutely. Because I, I did want to hear about how the event went other than what I was seeing in, in text and whatnot. Yeah. I, I hope they, I hope their next event is better. You know, this is, this is not a good start for them. We'll see. Uh, like I said, after May 11th, I'm going to, you know, it'll either be the end of it for me or me saying, I'll give them another chance. Yep. Anyways. Oh, Oh, so they, they did say that they actually purchased another mud run. That's going to start up next year. And it's going to be just like a mud run, not a, not necessarily an obstacle race. Okay. So they might have like a wall or, you know, some tires or something, but probably not a rig or anything like that. So I, I told them, man, just, you know, like make terrain competitive again and then leave that, that race for the everyday general person that wants to do a mud run, you know? Yeah. Make terrain race a race again. Yep. Cause it's not a race right no, now. No, it isn't. I think it's interesting that they're, Maybe their business plan is just to make so many events that like every time one goes under, they're like, we have another one and everyone just forgets <laughs> just, and they just continue to go through that way because I don't know. They have this is their fourth event now, right? The, this upcoming new one, I think, because I know there's Blacklight Run, some bubble thing, terrain. I don't know if there's another one, but I think they've got more than that. I mean, cool events. They've, I think they might have more than that. I don't know for sure. I just I think they should just buckle down and make what events they have good but i don't know i don't know his super secret equation by the way bill spot is also on the ocr discord as well <laughs> yeah he uh he's not as active as some of the other people in there but uh he does respond to us and you know i caught his attention enough by spouting about how unhappy i was with the five dollar uh bit yep. pickup yep. <laughs> that he uh offered to have a conversation with me so yeah so i definitely appreciate that and like i said i definitely want to give him personally the benefit of the doubt with with that but i just I don't know where this is going to be going. And my suggestion to him was 
if you really need that five bucks for your algorithm to work, then just roll it into your fees that come after the uh, the free registration. You know, you've got fees already. Just put it in there and stop making people think one thing and then turn out to be something else. Yeah, maybe the five dollars is just to cover the uh, the medical cost of Dustin's hand after that snake bite. <laughs> That's what it's all about. We figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, if you have not gone and listened to Mike and Caitlin over at Obstacle Running Adventures, please do that. They've got great content and constantly putting out stuff every week. You guys are uh, top notch and have not let us down. It's going to be a, we're all going to, whole OCR community is going to break apart when you guys don't have that. <laughs> right, just the world's going to explode. You, you guys have put uh, a lot of pressure on yourself. <laughs> we definitely have. We have. There's, there's been some, some tough weekends where I'm like, what am I going to do for content? And then like something comes out of nowhere. And sometimes I think it's a, a not so great episode, but people love it. And I don't know, I'm glad that's always worked out. I'm my own harshest critic. So there's that. Uh, I haven't figured out a way to do the next giveaway yet. So I'll just keep thinking about that for now. But keep in mind, it'll be a, a Tumblr when it does happen. Go Follow, listen, and talk, and get on Discord and do all the fun stuff. Bye, y'all. Declan, you want to say hello? No. Bye.